You're listening to World Radio Gardening. Now on World Radio Gardening, we head to Northamptonshire. Ken Crowther has gone to Curtin Manor Gardens and showing us round is Susie Paisley-Tyler. We're in the water garden here, as you may have heard, and we're with Susie Paisley-Tyler. Um, tell us a bit about the water garden, because we're on quite a gradient here, aren't we? Yes. Well, um, this was done by my husband's grandparents in the 1920s without any professional guidance. They obviously had some <laughs> labour to do it, but they didn't. They just did it. Well, um, I, I, just, I just think, I mean, if with no professional guidance, they have done an incredible job because it is absolutely beautiful. Um, do you know the drop from top I, to bottom I don't, or not? But it's quite steep. I would say. I mean, originally when they the bought meters, the house, it was sloping right up. It was just fields. There weren't any trees or anything here. But there was obviously a stream coming out of the pond, and they've used that to bring the water out in two places: one which feeds the water garden, and one which feeds the rill, which you'll see later on between the orchards. And um, I haven't. I've changed the planting here over the last 24 years, quite a bit. We haven't changed the shape of anything, and it's just amazing how the framework that they put in, you know, over 90 years ago has has actually withstood the period of time in between. I was going to say, if I stood at the bottom, I would guess that you could be 20 feet different from top to bottom. Quite possibly. It's a, yes. it's a height. Yes. And what they've used is, lo- is this is all local, local stone, stone they've used. Yes to hold beds up, to yes. create a sort of series of terraces. And next yep. to the stream here, you've got, again, planting all against the stream with yep. some lovely ferns and different plants. Um, you say, and hostas, which you mm-hmm. seem to have managed to keep the slugs away from mainly, mm. so far anyway. Well, I think you, is it a challenge? We've got a lot of birds in the garden, and I think they're spoilt for choice because we've got so many hostas. But also, um, if you go for these blue leaf, grey-leafed ones... They're less digestible for the hos- for the slugs and snails, so it's a good good way to start with hostas if you want not to be eaten and shredded. Mm. Now again, what you've done here is you've added pieces of colour to take us through the season, haven't you? And again, you've used uh, particularly groups of tulips. You use, you use heavy planting of tulips, what mm. I call heavy planting, where they're quite close together, but you use impact. You've got a sort of, I was going to say, two and a half feet round of tulip, bold colours and oranges yeah. here, haven't you? Well, I, I'm a great believer in orange. A lot of women don't like orange, but it's such a brilliant colour from a distance. And you see this from the other end of the garden over there, and it shows up, and you'll see I've repeated it somewhere else further down the garden. It's a brilliant colour. But if you're going to have orange, you've got to be very careful to have lots of green with it to set it off, and, and a certain amount of blue. So this blue corridalis is just coming out, and beyond where you can see there's some... Um, oh, I think of the thing it's called. Omphalodes cherry ingram, which is wonderful, vibrant blue. <laughs> you can see it. Just you're determined. Oh, yes. There. So isn't that gorgeous? Blue, blue and orange together, and then there's some Brunnera, which is also blue. Yep. But you see, this Corridalis is just, there's a bit escaped there. It's going to be that next blue. So there's a lot of blue and orange in that bed. There are orange lilies coming. There's other orange things happening as well. It's interesting the way you have let plants escape. You said mm-hmm. you've let them escape, and they just come up on the edges of the gravel paths. But that's yes. how gardens should be, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You need to control it a bit, but as long as it, it looks natural, it's fine. Mm. Let's walk down a little bit, down through the garden. And you've got, again, quite an interesting mix of plants coming down. But still a bit of formality with even 
you still got shaped U's here as well? Yep. Yes, it, it's... Well, these... I didn't plant these. We inherited those. But um, it's quite good. It's quite Japanese in the winter, this, when it's bare, when there's not much out, because you've got the stone, you've got the water, and these... the Acer palmatum, and um, there's a structure down here with a rose on it, which looks quite Japanese. It's, it has a totally different feeling in winter, and you can see the sort of layout of it quite clearly, and it's just in that in-between stage now where things are taking off. And the azalea looks very established. Again, you've, you've given that quite a hard prune in its time. We're just gradually taking it right back. We're going to take all those old stems out, and each year we take one or two more out to try and get it to regenerate into a, a better flowering shrub, because if you let things get too old... They're too high. It, the beauty's just, gone, isn't they it? They lose it, yes. And I see you've got, again, you talked about colours of You've got pink in this bed, though, haven't you? Yes. That, Is that a bit of that's, inheritance? That's or? an inheritance. And actually, I would never put camellias in a country garden because I don't think they work, but I haven't had the heart to take that one out. Well, you could always prune it down hard, couldn't you? They, they I take could. it. I could. Keep it, I, more, keep it I smaller. I don't mind that one too much. Now, here, as we go down, we've got quite a steep bank coming from the where the... The, the other part, the, the raised part of the garden up by the house is, and this is quite a steep plank running down, but again, it's, it's well furnished. You've got lilies in here as well. Well, those are the crown imperial lilies, which are just finished flowering, the fritillarias. Um, they're but not, strictly speaking, lilies. No, but people call them lilies, don't yeah. they? But I agree with you, they're not really. <laughs> people sell them as lilies even, don't they? I, they probably do, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and... Coming across here again, you've got you've talked about roses higher up, but actually you've you've actually incorporated roses in in this bed. Oh, I've got roses everywhere throughout the garden. I mean, not just in the rose garden. I I, I majored on roses there everywhere. There's a big rose bank beyond, with forty different groupings of roses on it. So, what sort of colours are we running through this bank then? From sort of here onwards, it's it's the sort of apricot yellows, sort of pinky apricot yellow colour, which is a very difficult colour to settle amongst other colours. It doesn't doesn't work with a lot of things. It's very good with blue, but there's a whole range of pinks and reds which it doesn't work with. So um, this one is called Mrs Oakley Fisher and then there's another one called Lady Emil Hamilton further down. And you've also got, we now look on the, the uh, an area of water here where again it, it's wider, it's like a small pond or a small stream with iris at the end and it runs through to yet another pond. And you've got a grouping of plants here again that, that are a fairly sort of damp lovers, haven't yes, you? Yes, they're all things that look right or like to be like beside water. So these is Regersia. Now Regersia's got that lovely attractive leaf, hasn't mm -hmm. it, as it comes up? Yeah, it's very textured. And again, that'll be during May that gives good flower, well, a the good leaves, leaf, doesn't it? The leaves have come out properly in May and it'll flower in June, yeah. yes. So that's, that's very attractive. And then just looking beyond, it looks a little bit wild because, again, you've got the backdrop of the field through there, haven't you? Yes, well, that's the bog garden, which we did about 10 years ago now. Um, and the idea was that you come through the water garden, but the stream goes on. And um, it was quite a rough area that had been neglected. And we decided to make it into a bog garden by um, putting in plants that have very big leaves. So, What, gunneras and... Well, near Gunnera, we've got Gunnera further down. Um, no, there's Persicaria polymorpha, which has huge leaves. There are Philippendulas, which grow to six foot. There are lots of big leaf things in there. So it's like walking through a jungle when it's all up. But at the moment, it's not. So is it hard to imagine? But it's, the point is, it's a contrast from the water garden, which you've just been through. So you're not being too repetitive. Mm -hmm.
Well, it wouldn't be fair to leave Curtin Manor Gardens without talking about the Bluebell Wood. And we're lucky enough to be here at a time when, of course, I think they're just about at their best, wouldn't you say? Um, my husband says they're not fully out yet, but I think... I'm not going to grumble. <laughs> they are good. absolutely gorgeous and so intense. And, and the thing that is unusual here is there's nothing else amongst no, the bluebells. There's no lower story planting. Nothing. It's just bluebells and beech, basically. And the beech is the most wonderful lime green, and the trunks are very vertical. So I always think it's just like walking into a cathedral when you come in here. And it's sad the sun's not out today, because that just is an extra dimension which we're lacking. Is there any maintenance here at all um, to, to speak yes. of? Yes. I mean, um, there's a bit of elder that creeps in, the, the shrubby elder, not the ground elder, fortunately, and a bit of holly that we occasionally get rid of. Not a lot, but we have spent quite a lot of money on thinning out trees and replanting a bit of beech here and there. Um, and when we came here, there were a lot of um, larch, which I think had been put into the wood um, in the 1920s. I think the beech came in then. It was ancient woodland, but I think beech is not a native tree to Northamptonshire. No. So I think the beech were planted then. We can only guess at it. And the larch were put in to sort of get the wood going. And they hadn't been taken out, and I think we've now removed all the larch. So it is pure beech with a few oaks around the edge. Um, what sort of area is this, do you think? It's five acres. I mean, five acres of bluebell yeah. is worth coming to see, because yeah. it is just a block of blue. I mean, I can't say anything else about it. There's nothing to describe it other than it's just beautiful. Mm. And, of course, bluebells have got a colour that... It's so distinct, isn't it? it yes. it's, nothing else actually matches it particularly, does it? Yes, it, it's amazing. And I'm, my sense of smell isn't that great, but the smell is lovely too, I believe. Um, people tell me. <laughs> so, look, come on. Last but not least, we should, we've got a website, haven't you? So people we can have. find you. Yes. And what is that? Um, it's Paisley Tyler, P-A-S-L-E-Y, Tyler, all one word, at Coton Manor, which is C-O-T-O-N manner all one word dot co dot uk and i'll tell you what how much it is is it to come in and see the gardens it's seven pounds for most people 650 for those who claim to be over 60 and two pounds 50 for a child right. and i tell you what there is something to look at and in fact i think your garden here um, could match many of the famous gardens around the country and people would get possibly even more from having a look at your planting than perhaps in some of the other gardens as well. Well, that's very kind of you. Ken Crowther with Susie Pacey Tyler at Curtin Manor Gardens in Northamptonshire. Stay tuned to World Radio Gardening as Susie takes us further around the gardens. This is World Radio Gardening.